Hey, how y'all doing, man? I'm back again with another episode of The If Factor. And as always, I'm your host, Jeremy Robinson. And today we have somebody special. As always, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Rita Sukwo. I'm currently a first year anesthesiology resident. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, man. So, first off, man, how are you, man? Um, how has it been, you know, being a resident in these, I guess, times, times, I guess, you know? Um, it's it's good actually. Residency has been treating me fairly well. Um, you know, it's it's a little difficult with COVID, and I want to say like fortunately, when I was in medical school, I had I was in or working in like COVID ICUs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got COVID as well in December, so it was a little less like fearful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm vaccinated, so I have just those extra protections, but. Um, Sometimes it's tough, especially if you're in some type of ICU setting or you're in the ER and people are coming in with COVID, but just making sure that you're prepared with like PPE um, and that basically you do everything you can to protect yourself. I think it gets a little easier, but we'll see now with this uh, Delta variant coming around. Yeah, man, it's a lot going on, even on my end too. Like uh, I'm in tech, so we went back to the office for like, two weeks and then mm-hmm. the variant came out it's like go home don't don't come back i was like okay yeah. you know i might not ever come back you know <laughs> <laughs> but no man um, what does your day-to-day look like as a resident uh, how, how does this look so it depends um like in residency usually you're just at least for anesthesiology the first year you're kind of rotating throughout medicine and then surgery So it depends on what type of rotation you're on. Right now, I'm just doing like a general floor rotation at the VA. So day to day, I'm usually up by 530 and I try to get to the hospital by six. Um, And then we have like a sign out, which is when the night team kind of gives you back your pager and tells you everything that happened to your patients overnight and what they did about it. Um, And then after that, I try to start seeing my patients as early as possible, like just doing like a pre-round on them, um, going to check on them, going to ask how their night was, um, doing a physical exam, and then going through all the notes of anything that happened overnight and talking to nurses if anything was significant. Um, And then I really start my notes then and and I'm ready to present my patient to my attending and then my team, um, usually around 7.15, 7.30 Um, And then the rest of the day is really just managing the patients, um, trying to get them out of the hospital, trying to get them better to surgery, to imaging or whatever the case may be. Um, And then by six o'clock, 630, um, we have sign out with the night team again. Um, And we kind of tell them basically what happened and the things that they should look for overnight. Um, And then I go home, uh, try to get some rest, try to have dinner, work out for an hour or so. I'm probably in bed pretty early, maybe nine o'clock. Because you got to wake up early. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I was thinking that when I was like trying to reach out, I was like, I'm pretty sure she's busy. Like, I don't Yeah. Know. <laughs> I was like, I think email bit. That's what I was trying to do, but I was thankful that I was able to get in touch with you because I know it can be a hectic schedule. So. Yeah, it definitely is. So tell me about uh, diversity and inclusion and why is it important? And how long have you been involved in Um, Well, I'll start with how long I've been involved in it. I was doing diversity and inclusion work ever since um, I was able to have like a meaningful impact, I would say, 
end of high school, especially really heavy in college. Um, and so I was like part of diversity committees at Duke, um, especially um, MAPS, which is, which is a minority association of pre-med students. Um, I was on the executive committee there, carried that over um, when I did some uh, years in between medical school and really working with the NAACP chapter in Houston, volunteering with underserved communities. Um, and then I really did most of all the diversity work at my med school, Central Michigan University. Um, and I've joined the committee here at Yale as well. Um, and so I've been with it for a long time. And it's really important to me because just like in the field of medicine, um, you don't see a lot of people that look like me. Right. Um, and it, that's just that's just how it is. That's the history, um, especially in this country. And so now we're entering the generation where we have people that look like me that are able to go to medical school. They're able to go to, you know, dental school and law school. And so it's good to um, really, I guess, bolster and kind of encourage this this new representation of us. Um, and then on top of that, people and patients, their medical experience uh, really does improve when you have a diverse group of providers providing for them. Um, and so I'm really passionate about it. I think it's extremely important. And um, yeah, it, it, outside of my time just working, I, I try to do a lot of DEI projects and just making sure I'm, I'm navigating that area as much as I can. Okay, cool. So you be out there, go ahead, like I'm gonna build this dresser real quick and I'm gonna make it look like this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I try to do my best. Um, there's a lot of projects that, you know, you, you, you bite off what you can chew. And I feel like as time goes on, you you, you can chew a little bit less. Um, but I'm hoping to get some more free time in the coming months, especially. You gonna get it, man. Go and build you some stuff. I got a house too, me and my fiance, and we like do stuff all the time. She just bought paint yesterday. And I'm like, who gonna have to paint? Me. <laughs> Me. Pretty sure. But uh man, with that, I would say, uh, so how was it attending all these universities? So we start with Duke and Central Michigan and now Yale. Like you go to Yale, like first person I spoke to to go to Yale. So that's mm. amazing. How's the how are those experiences for you? Where um, it depends on why you're there. So like Duke. Um, obviously a great school. That's my alma mater. I rep that to, to the, I'll rep it to the day I die. And um, we're, I was there for college. So it was extremely fun. Like college is a great time. You're young. You think you're an adult, but you're really not an adult. Um, and Duke was just really in it was a great environment with the people that I was with. Cause all of these students are like extremely smart, but they're also like just socially they're great to be around and so it was a great time in college I loved it so many resources for people whatever you want to do Duke had the resources and I really appreciated that um and it was good because I was young and, and I was getting my bachelor's um and then I go to central Michigan and central Michigan is different because it, one it's in Michigan and then two it's in like a college town and I wouldn't say Duke was like in a college town um, because it was right next to like it's the research triangle, which is like Duke, Raleigh, Durham, and then um, UNC or Chapel Hill. And so it's just like that's a concentrated area of research and technology. And it's, a, it's actually like that that part of I want to say Durham or that the research triangle has like the highest number of like postdocs, like per like 100,000 persons. So it was it, it didn't feel small to me to me um and then central michigan it was small it was 
the town's population, I don't know, was maybe like 10 or 10,000 when the students weren't there, um, but it was a big university. And then you're in med school. So like, you're just grinding out. You're just trying to stay afloat. You're trying to keep afloat with the volume of material. And I was actually only, um, the way our school does it, you do the first two years, which is didactics at the university. And then the last two years, you're doing clinical rotations. And I was at actually a satellite site. I wasn't in Mount Pleasant, which is where Central Michigan is. Um, I was in St. Joseph, Michigan, which is closer to Chicago. And so there it's just like, it was a, I was right on the uh, Lake Michigan. So it was like a beach town mixed with rural, mixed with country, mixed with like, it was just a, a big mix of stuff. And then you're down the street from Chicago. Um, and then Yale is kind of, I feel like we're kind of back at Duke. Um, you know, you have a, a really good, a great, um, prestigious university. So you have all of these um, postdocs, you have all of these physicians, you have all these, you know, PhDs and, and a lot of intelligent academic persons here. Um, but it's a different feeling because like, I'm not in college, I'm not here to, you know, grind out and have, a, you know, have fun at the same time, but um, I'm here to work. And so it's a different feel. That's amazing. I'm glad that you're doing it. You're killing oh, yeah, it. obviously. <laughs> <You're killing it. laughs> so what is your it factor, man? Why you do what you do? What is my it factor? Um, wow, that's a tough question. I, I, well, the answer, why do I do what I do? Um, it's just, I, and I always reiterate this, and it's, there are times where I had questions and I didn't have really anyone to look for for answers. I didn't have the mentors that some of my colleagues had. Um, I didn't have the knowledge or the foresight because I just didn't have the, the representation around me. And so that's really why I do what I do. I hope that one day, like me helping other people, they can use the same resources or tips that I gave them. And now they're able to get to the same position and then they'll be able to help more people. And then, um, and then they'll be able to help more people. And so it's really just like, I know what it's like not to have the resources. And so any moment that I can help, I, I want to be able to do that. And so I would say that's my it factor. I want, I want, I want to help. I, I don't want people to struggle and I don't ever like the story of adversity or, or struggling because so many of my colleagues don't have that story. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, why do I have to have a story of adversity just to um, have a successful and a meaningful life? I shouldn't have to. Right. Stand that. I'm with you on that. I feel the same way with me being tech. Like uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, I went to so-and-so and I went to Georgia Tech and I did this, this, this. And you're like, okay, that's cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. and Dang, did you struggle in science? So nope. Like, oh man. Yeah. I did that. So that's another reason why I started the show too. Certain people can reach out and kind of get a little farther ahead than I was, like mm -hmm. uh, when I kind of started in school. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, it's kind of hard having a mentor, especially being a black male. It's kind of like discouraged a lot, but you know, power through it, you know. Mm -hmm. But I do always think in the back of my mind, like, hey man, I'm helping somebody today. Like, how can I help somebody even at work now, helping people? Like uh, trying to get them ahead or like let them know, like, hey man, you don't have to do all that. Try to prove yourself. Just do your work the best you can, but also do this to get the step ahead. So I always mm -hmm. push that, man. So tell me about anesthesiology. Why anesthesiology? Um, I think it's a great field, especially if you're 
if you find yourself wanting to do more hands-on things, mm -hmm. um, if you like being in the operating room, but not necessarily being the surgeon, um, I found that I wanted to not be in clinic. I don't really like outpatient. Yeah. I really want to see people in a hospital setting. Um, and I love the OR. I love that it's sterile. I love that things are organized. I love that there's, you know, there's a protocol for everything. I don't really like necessarily chaos, but maybe an organized chaos. Um, and so I found I didn't really like the ED because I just felt like things are just kind of like here and there and people are coming in and out and things, you know, things aren't scheduled. Like I didn't like that at all. Um, and it's always just crazy stuff going on in the ED. Um, and then I didn't like outpatient. I felt like I was always like tired and it felt very monotonous to me like sit down go look at a patient's chart the medical assistant rooms the patient gets the vitals you go talk to the patient you come back you chart you sit down look at the next chart and I didn't like that flow um and I loved just being in the OR I loved procedures um and I actually thought about surgery for a long time but then I realized that um, I didn't really want the lifestyle of surgeons. And I hate to say that. I hate to say that because we're trying to fight that stigma that the lifestyle is bad. And that especially as a female, you can't like have a family or do what you want. Um, but I didn't see myself in residency for five years um, and still like being a resident. And it's just it just wasn't for me. I'll say that. Um, and then I experienced anesthesiology and I'm like, I'm able to do all these procedures. Um, and then I do get a mix of, for example, critical care, you can go into a fellowship after anesthesiology and critical care. So I do get that aspect of dealing with very sick patients on the floor in an inpatient setting. Um, and so I like that because at one point I was going to go through a hospital medicine um, residency, but realized it was too mundane for me. Like it was the day-to-day -day things were just like, oh, I don't really want to deal with that. But now when you talk about critical care, it's really hospital medicine, but now these people are really, really sick. Um, and so I like the, the seriousness of it, the, the critical part of the care. Um, and so you can do all of that in anesthesia. Hmm. That's amazing. You got me up here. You know, you got me hip to that. Like, that's <laughs> amazing that you get to do that every day. And uh, I know an anesthesiologist that has his own practice now and he doing mm -hmm. very well. He, he that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the guy in the family. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm glad I know him. <laughs> I need help, you know. And then I also know a surgeon. Um, I was up in Boston uh, in engineering school. Uh, he went to Harvard. He's a cool guy, and uh, he was having some of those back, back and forth, like when he was doing his clinicals, and he was just like, I don't know if I can, you know, do, be be a surgeon. I was like, well, I don't know no black surgeon, you know. Now he he's done with school. He actually a surgeon. I'm like, bro, he really did. Yeah. So it's a journey. Right, right. So what is your life goal? My life goal. Be anything outside of work, just you in general. Um, it's it's kind of vague, but I feel like I just want to live a meaningful life and um and just do be able to do what I want. And I mean, do what I want in terms of my career, do what I want in terms of like my friendships, my family, um, my the activities that I do outside of my job. I want everything to really be meaningful. I don't want anything to be um, something that I necessarily have to do. I don't want to, I didn't want to pick a career that I feel like I have to go to work. I mean, granted, that's what it feels like now. <laughs> 
um, I have to go to work. I have to do this. I don't want, I don't want to feel, I don't want to hate any aspect of my life. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's my life goal. Make sure that everything is, is meaningful. That's amazing. I ain't heard of that. That's amazing though. So you just go, hey, look, I ain't like the day, but I'm going to do something. Something will happen, I think. Yeah. With you in your profession, I feel like you have, all of us have good days and bad days, but I like think with you, like being in the health field, I feel like even though you're having a bad day, it's still some way at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, actually it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see after this COVID wave. <laughs> Once COVID over, I think it'll be like smooth sailing. But no, do you have any questions for me before we close up? I know. I just appreciate you like doing this and putting this out for everyone. And, you know, no, no questions per se, but I'm always available. I, I try to be like, it's, it's been, my schedule has been picking up and today, today is actually my day off, but now we have this hurricane looming. And so I'm probably actually going to go in and spend the night at the hospital so just to make sure that I'm there for for tomorrow and so um I'm just happy that you're able to do this and just reach out to more people all right well thank you man well be safe uh have a great rest of your weekend and uh I look forward to talking to you soon all right thank you you as well